What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Living Electric Podcast. We're here with a fan of the show, Andrew Barrow. Uh, he reached out to us on Twitter and just wanted to share his car shopping story. He started out in kind of hot rods and then is now driving a, uh, what color is it? The, red. Oh, the rapid red. <laughs> rapid red Mach-E GT that's sitting behind him here. So uh, figured to have him, ha- have him on and chat through his, his car buying story. So you want me to just give you a quick summary here? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and start with start at the beginning, and then what what led you to what you're driving now? I grew up a hot rod guy. I was that kid that took auto shop every year in high school. Um, did my own repairs. Uh, my dad was very good about involving me and in working on cars from a tiny, tiny age. Um, once I became a young adult, I bought a '68 Ford Galaxy XL convertible, a super rare car and underrated as a muscle car. Very. Very muscle car looking convertible, uh, 390 V8 with a giant 700 CFM four barrel carburetor. Just everything you would think of out there that's, you know, a gas hog and a hot rod. Uh, stripped it to the frame and um, went pretty good ways through a restoration and life happened and kids and everything else. I never finished it and I ended up selling it off. Mm. Um Fast forward as careers were happening and being a dad and um, different hobbies, scuba diving, stuff like that. I just never really had the time to invest myself in a hot rod. So um, I bought a BMW, a BMW 3 Series. Um, I had planned on doing some stuff to it when I bought it. I bought it certified pre-owned, very, very low mileage, like seven, 8,000 miles on it. Great car. I was living in Orange County, California. I used oh, to wow. joke with my friends and call it my Orange County Hyundai because that's like <laughs> the minimum car to be in Cal- in, in Orange County. Funny. You know? <laughs> They're everywhere. Uh, now that's kind of the Tesla. Uh, everybody right. in has a Tesla now. That's funny. Yep. So, um, it was a great car. I loved that car. I did a ton of suspension work on it. I never did as much to the powertrain as I had planned. But I did do a lot of work to the suspension. I did it all myself, all myself, just for fun and just to make the car really handle well. And it did. It was like BMW advertises the ultimate driving machine. It was a go kart on steroids. You could corner at almost any speed in that thing. I drove it for over two hundred thousand miles, and the last wow. mile was as much fun as the first mile. I really loved that three series. Wow. Um, Got so hooked on BMW, bought the wife a 5 Series. Hated nice. it. I wouldn't <laughs> buy another 5 Series if it was cheap. Uh, that car was plagued with issues from day one. Wow, what, no. What, uh, forced us to get rid of both of the BMWs is uh, transmission trouble. They have those Steptronic transmissions that nobody rebuilds. Nobody does. Uh, Ten grand for a new transmission. So... Wow. The White's 5 Series started slipping at about 150,000 miles. We traded it in on an Acura TSX with okay. a very loud timing, paddle shifters, all that. It was a fun car. Um, kept mine out to a little over 200,000 miles, and the transmission started slipping in it. Hmm. At that time, I was commuting a lot, and I wanted something really for traffic, for Orange County traffic, stop and go, stop and go, stop and go. Uh, gas prices were really shooting up in California, so I was much more aware of that. So I thought, lots of technology, comfortable to drive, great gas mileage. Uh, went to the local Ford dealer and was introduced to the Ford C-Max. Had not considered it. Um, 
the they had a pre-owned one there. I pretty much always buy low mileage pre-owned cars. Um, they had a pre-owned one there that was fully loaded. Uh, I still have the window sticker. I was just looking at it the other day. Forty thousand dollars. We're talking. This is a 2013 year model. Wow. So uh, I didn't think you know a Ford C Max. Forty thousand dollars. I never right. thought. Right. <laughs> yeah. Series pricing. Yeah. Is that the titanium trim? Is that what the top trim was? That was before the titanium trim, but it was oh, the okay. most okay. loaded they offered. It was not an energy, so it wasn't a plug-in hybrid. Oh god. Okay. okay. That was going to be my next question. <laughs> but I loved it from the heated seats to the the stereo that Ford put in there to the technology package, um, the fuel mileage. I loved everything about that car. Uh, it's sitting in. It's sitting right here. I don't know if if I can do this. Uh, I still have Gizmo. <laughs> oh, there it oh is. yeah! Look at that. <laughs> nice. Uh, Two hundred thirteen thousand miles on Gizmo, and wow. um, I have not done a repair to it. I haven't put brakes on it. I haven't. I mean, I've done oil changes and spark plugs and stuff like that, but I've never had to do an actual repair to it. Wiper blades. Wow. Uh, it has been absolute bulletproof. That car has just blown my mind. That's awesome. Uh, I like it at least as much as my BMW 3 Series for very different reasons. Um, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a teacher, so I have a lot of time in the summer. One summer, I decided to see if Uber was worth doing in the summertime. So I Ubered with it for a summer. Got a lot of uh, compliments from riders in the car. They say, wow, it rides really, really nice for a compact. Maybe it's because of the batteries. It, it feels a little heavy, which makes it mm. not so jumpy and bouncy. Right. And uh, just love the car. So um, fast forward many, many, many years and uh, moving to Texas and the Cindy's big GMC SUV and gizmo won't fit in the garage. <laughs> that's, that's really what really pushed the go button. I've been wanting an electric vehicle for a very long time. I've always had ridiculous commutes, very, very long commutes and could not get myself to commit to one based on that. Now I'm just about a 20 minute commute. Um, Cindy and I work at the same place. She's a librarian at the school where I teach math and coach football, basketball and track. And um, an electric vehicle makes a lot of sense. And um, Texas weather and birds and what have you just punish you for parking a car outside. You cannot <laughs> keep it clean. You can't. And when the yeah. hail comes, it's going to ding it up. Yeah. So, um, Cindy's GMC was very nice, very, very low mileage, very clean. It parked in the garage, poor gizmo sat under a tree and got <laughs> infected. So um, when summer rolled around, we decided we're going to, we're going to get another vehicle. Fuel prices skyrocketing made that an even bigger priority for us. Her yeah. GMC was no fun to put gas in. Right. No, and I can't so, imagine. I, w I have been following electric vehicles since Tesla came about, even going all the way back to the EV one, uh, which nice. goes back to the 1990s. So I yeah. felt like I was more familiar than most and, um, looked at the Nissan leaf, uh, quickly decided that's, that's exactly what you would think an EV would be. And I just want to be a little bit different. Right. Uh, <laughs> went to the Chevy bolt, uh, liked it a lot because of the features. Uh, but I just, wouldn't pull the trigger on a Chevy Bolt until I looked at the Mustang Mach-E and it, the Bolt was highest on my list. Okay. Um, 
ready to buy a bolt at our local GM uh, Chevy dealer and just now nah, I got to drive this Mustang first. This this kid at this dealership says, my buddy has a Mustang um, Mach-E. He'll bring it over so you can drive his. I'm like, wow, what a nice thing to offer. The problem was nobody had one. That was right. <laughs> couldn't just go yeah. to a Ford dealer and drive one. They're like, you got to wait for a 2023 and it's going to be 10 months. And right. Yeah. So um, I just scoured the internet and uh, a dealer in Hutto, Texas, which is a good two hour drive from us, got a GTN. And the, the next day we were on our way up there to go drive it. Um, I had not considered a GT. I was looking at the select, the premium, uh, maybe a California route one because of the extreme range on them, which right. we really need as close as we are. And uh, I got in the GT. I was a little annoyed because the battery was almost dead. It said 22 miles on it when we got in it for a test drive. I'm like, oh boy. Uh, so I get in there and this car salesman is pretty easy going. I'm like, hey, we're, we're Hutto, Texas is pretty rural. It's out, kind of in the middle of nowhere that the dealer is. I said, hey, do you mind if I get on this thing a little bit? And he's like, no, go for it. Put it in unbridled mode. So <laughs> I get in there and I hit that unbridled button and the dash lights up. And, and I'm going to tell you, when I put that accelerator pedal down, it scared me. It was frightening. <laughs> I, my human body hadn't experienced that. It right. Yeah. And I mean shot out of a cannon. And yeah. you're doing 60, three and a half seconds. It the the California screaming ride at Disney's California Adventure <laughs> maybe close to that, right. because it just pulled you back in the seats. What I wasn't prepared for was no engine noise, no squealing tires, uh, yeah. just dead silent in doing that. And uh, I was right there. I mean, three and a half seconds into that test, I literally pulled <laughs> up this car. And uh, we didn't we didn't like the color of it, and it didn't have Ford's Blue Cruise option, which is their self driving option. Oh, yeah, and just I'm at the place in life where I want all the options, and so spent a good amount of time scouring the internet, just looking for one to pop up, looking for one to pop up, and a, a pre owned 2021 popped up in Austin with 3,000 miles on it. And wow! I'm happy to to do that as long as it's a pristine car. Yeah. yeah. Um, Went up there and went over it with a fine tooth comb. This car is new in every definition of new, and um, we're happy to happy to buy it. I mean, <laughs> oh, right there, got it, boom, done. That's awesome. Yeah. And so, um, Roxy, uh, for your viewers, here's Roxy sitting behind us right here. <laughs> and um, bought that thing. Get on the you know Austin traffic's like Southern California traffic. Get on there. Turn on the Blue Cruise self-driving it freaks you out at first because you don't want to trust the car in traffic yeah. stop and go traffic right yeah uh, you just set it the speed you want to go and you relax and uh, got us all the way home and we since then we found reasons to drive it everywhere in the world um That's awesome. just absolutely love the car love the options keep getting surprised by things uh come out from dinner one night and it's dark out and the puddle lights came on. I don't know if you're aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the Mustang, Mustang logo, right? Yeah. On both yeah. sides, as you walk up to the car, they turn on and they're so you can see the ground around the car. Right. Whoa. So <laughs> And uh, some of the Texans that own them in the local communities are already turning the frunk 
they're filling it full of beer and ice because you know it's like oh, a yeah. ice chest. You got to. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So they're already turning it into Texan. So that's awesome. <laughs> anyways, we have we have a blast with it. I love acceleration. Uh, the the fun part with my BMW 3 Series was the handling of the car, but it it didn't really have impressive acceleration. It it did fairly well at high speeds. So if you were doing 50 or 60 and you punched it for a 2.5 liter engine, it did pretty decent. Right. But it didn't have like adrenaline pumping acceleration. This car does, and yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I can admit to this, but um, we were on desolate Texas road just about a week ago, and it's kind of rolling hills with a 70 mile an hour speed limit, and there's three gravel trucks in a row, semi trucks with like dirt and gravel because they're doing road construction. Right. Not in that area, but they're headed to a site. And I decide to pass all three of these guys at once. I'm doing 65 and I just want to get around them because of these rolling hills. And I, yeah. I hit that gas pedal and even at 60, I'm sorry, accelerator pedal, yeah. accelerator, <laughs> accelerator pedal. And it still, even at that speed pulls you back in the seat. And yeah. I mean, in the blink of an eye, we're around all three and I look down and it's a mile an hour. I mean, just wow. Yeah. I, how are we? It's the car is dead quiet. Right. Yeah. You, you don't, don't even realize that's that. But we zoom around all three trucks, and I'm like, "Whoa, babe!" Oh, no. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, Texas Department of Transportation won't be out here writing me a, a yeah. <laughs> for my confession of doing that. We'll bleep out the miles per hour in the edit. <laughs> okay, good. Yes. <laughs> um, it'll get you in a little trouble for many, 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 many reasons. Right. But yeah. The acceleration and the all wheel drive of that, it's just a lot of fun to play around with. And nobody knows because you don't yeah. have a mm-hmm. engine that's going to get a lot of attention. Right. You don't have screaming tires, you know, the all wheel drive just shoots out of a cannon. It is yeah. just an e-ticket ride. And I, I feel like I have everything that I love in gizmo, my hybrid. In fact, I still have it and everything I loved in that three series uh and then more and i just feel like you know there isn't a car i would trade it for there is not a car out there that if someone came and said hey let's trade it trade across i I had a neighbor that had a ferrari i wouldn't swap him so um i don't know maybe if i could swap him and buy a couple more yeah right (laughs) yeah right it's funny just Just sold the driveway with them Right. To kind of wrap up the story of the Maki and then maybe transition into the charger that you see on the wall behind me. Yeah. Um, we did our first road trip with it. Uh, I have to commend Ford Pass and their app and the integration with the Ford Pass app, the car, the charger, and all of the charging stations like Electrify America and all right. the others because it was so, so easy. We went kind of on last minute. So from my phone in bed, I tell the smart charger to charge it to 100% because I, I run it to 80. You just yeah. charge it to 80. Yeah. Right there on the phone, one button, boom, charge it to 100%. Get up the next morning. It's 100% charge. 260 miles to Fort Worth. Um, we did end up stopping and charging real quick only because we knew we were going to do a lot of running around in Fort Worth when we got mm. there. Yeah. And um, stopped, I think, at a Walmart Supercenter and chart. But by the time we ran into the store, picked up a couple of things and ran out, it was done. Right. And, yeah. um, Ford Pass paid for the, the first 250 kilowatt hours, so it didn't cost anything. And oh, then nice. had a great time in Fort Worth. Everybody that sees that car asks about it. 
more so i think in the teslas because they're it's yeah. it's it's the new hotness out there <laughs> right yeah. what, what is that is, is that a mustang i mean everywhere um pull into a gas station to get a drink because you know you don't need gas and people are <laughs> yeah. asking about it you know right so um so we did the fort worth trip we uh we stopped one time and charged on the way back it it charged in about 30 minutes but it was at a one of those uh, premium outlet malls you see. So we ended up mm. spending an hour and a half there anyways. Right. I, I bring those up because the charging time, anytime we charged it publicly, it didn't feel like it was taking anything away from our trip. Right. And mm. the, the car planned it. Like yeah. we, didn't, we didn't sit down and go, okay, let's get out a map or let's start Googling. The car did it all. Yeah. And including... Mm. How long to charge so that you don't charge any more than you need to at a public station right so uh charge it enough to get us back home where we can plug it into a home charger so i just thought that was really stress-free and just really neat to just go in the app say hey we're going to this address in fort worth okay do this okay now we're going home drive here charge for this many minutes go home just seamless and smooth um maybe the only critique I could make is um, the Electrify America charging station had like six different chargers there and like four of them weren't working. Like we would plug mm. in and nothing, you know, so I call the 800 number that's on the machine and they say, Oh yeah, go over to machine number two. It's working. So I thought that was kind of weird. Right. Uh, I yeah. do feel like problems like that will get ironed out as the infrastructure for electric vehicles becomes more and more i'm right. also really excited about the idea that tesla is going to jump on board and let all of us charge at their superchargers so yeah 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 we we were just talking about that uh before <laughs> prepping for like a future episode like our ideal dc fast charging locations and we're going to talk about like stall placement so it works better with like charge ports and like stuff like that but yeah right. it's going to be really exciting once tesla opens those there's this monstrous gas station place called Bucky's in Texas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you've heard of Bucky's? Yep. Oh, I, I've been uh, to a few. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah they're nuts. <laughs> wall to wall Tesla chargers out in front of the Bucky's and just yep. rows of them. So, uh, and Bucky's are pretty conveniently located in particular distances apart. So, uh, getting, getting the ability to supercharge with Tesla and having access to those Bucky's chargers would, would really be huge. Uh, at this point, I'm not afraid to take it anywhere. I still have a lot of family in California, so uh, probably won't get to it this summer. Coaches go back pretty early in the summer for football. But uh, next summer, I would like to plan a California trip um, and go out there and do that all electric. And uh, yeah, maybe something else that you might have to bleep out is uh, Cindy and I <laughs> putting off gas stations as we drive by them and they say, <laughs> <laughs> I used to do it too, so it does feel good yeah. knowing you don't need it. Anymore. Yeah, because we're just like, wow, look at that one, four eighty nine a gallon in Texas. That's a big deal. Yeah. In California, four eighty nine a gallon, they would they would be doing cartwheels and and mm-hmm. jazzed and thrilled to pay under five bucks. But Texans are mad about it. Yeah. Um, I've got a lot of friends with F three fifties and Chevy thirty five hundreds, and they're lifted, and it's hundreds and hundreds of dollars to fill those tanks. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I just I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. Right. Yeah, um, I can only imagine. Um, you know, Andrew, I wanted to co- uh, comment on two things. Um, your it, GT, is it the performance edition or is it just the normal not. GT? 
Okay. The performance editions are almost impossible to find. Um, yeah. I, I don't want to say there, there is a little bit of difference in the numbers. The perform performance edition is just a tiny bit quicker and a few other things. Um, mm -hmm. it, it was really important to get everything we wanted in the car. If you're going to, I have a good friend that, that, that told me once, only cry once. If, if you're gonna if you're gonna go buy something that's expensive, only cry once. Cry when you buy it. Right. Don't cry <laughs> times afterwards when you didn't get all the things you wish you had. So yeah. only cry once. Yeah, that's so, true. Um, I don't that's think they're yeah. <laughs> well, be careful with it because you'll end up with the 85 inch flat screen yeah. instead of the 65 inch. Right. With that kind of philosophy. Don't cry too much. <laughs> right. It, it could be used to you know to a fault. Right. Um, I, I feel like the cars are comparable enough, but the but the main thing is if if we got the performance edition, it would pretty much have to be a 2023. And yeah. Yeah. Stories of well, you won't even be able to order one for another two months, and then they're expecting nine months before you take delivery. So expect almost a year before you'll see your car. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I hope that doesn't turn anybody away from a Mach E. Um, if you want an amazing car that's well below six figures and not a Tesla, uh, I, I don't think you can beat the Mach-E, you know? Yeah. Uh, I know there's some new manufacturers out there. I just love Ford's infrastructure, the, the warranty on the car. We've got 10 years, we've got 100,000 mile bumper to bumper, everything, and the, there's Ford dealers everywhere. So mm -hmm. if something goes wrong, we can tow it to them and it's your problem, you know? Right, yeah. So yeah. I, I like that. Um, so I would strongly recommend the the monkey gt if you don't if you don't want if you don't want to spend close to six figures uh we did drive um a california route one edition before we bought this um just just because i'm one of those that kind of has to check the boxes and um it was impressive too i think it's got a five or five and a half seconds zero to 60 it's still yeah, yeah. It's still pretty it's quick it wasn't all-wheel drive it was two-wheel drive it boasts a little bit longer range. I think you can get out over 300 and add like three, 315 or 320. And it was neat, but um, I just felt like it, it only Andy liked it. AJ wasn't so thrilled, you know, <laughs> Jay being the little kid in me that, that likes to have the fun thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I wanted to say, you know, with, with like Alex and I, like we've had opportunities to drive a lot of these vehicles and like, I, I feel like I have extensive test drive experience, not necessarily like extensive ownership experience with a lot of vehicles, but we, we did drive a um, Maki select when it first hit the market here in Cleveland and we really liked it, but it wasn't until we actually drove the GT in the performance edition in California that we're like, wow, like the, this is something special. And the thing with EVs is you can go fast, you know, in a straight line, but there's more to performance and then just driving straight. And that's where I feel like the Mach-E wins on all levels because it yeah. has all those performance aspects from fast acceleration to going through curves, through the canyons, and then, you know, handling it well for, for a crossover. Yeah. Like we loved it. We, we totally would have bought one if we could have found one in our area, but a lot <laughs> of them had markups sadly. And just like low inventory was really hard, but the Mach-E was like number two on our list. We would have bought one. <laughs> you mentioned crossover and I forgot to mention that we, we bought an upright freezer, not a giant upright freezer, but an upright yeah. freezer and brought it home in the back of this Mach-E folded the seats down and 
shove this freezer in there and i'm like wow this is you know talk about some versatility <laughs> that's awesome driving to home Depot, pulling up in your electric car shoving a freezer in the back of it and the hatch closed and driving it home it was just Something else. So not funny. not something my neighbor would do in his Ferrari. <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely not. Yeah, I did have a question for you yes. on the uh, on initially switching or your interest in electric. You mentioned you've always had long commutes. Was that something that had kept you from an EV, or was that just kind of another thing on the list there? It was another thing on the list. Um, I tend to wear out vehicles, so probably the main thing was just waiting until I've got one worn out. We mm. probably wouldn't have gotten rid of that GMC SUV, except that not not parking both cars in the garage was a problem for me. Well, actually, right. for both of us, especially out here. Yeah. Uh, and then the gas prices being so high. Typically, I drive cars until the wheels fall off. Yeah. Um, but I, I work on my own stuff. I'm not afraid. To, I mean, I both BMWs I tore apart, I don't know how many times, major repairs. I'm pretty comfortable doing that. Um, so I'll usually keep a car 200 plus thousand miles. So for mm. me, buying an EV was a matter of the need for a vehicle lining up with right. the practicality of driving an electric vehicle, making sense when yeah. I'm driving 80 miles one way, um, every day, the, I just didn't feel like the infrastructure was there. Mm. It just, I, it, it, I think I would have had some range anxiety and right. the thing and just, Sometimes that drive could be three hours when traffic was bad and just yeah. there, there'd be times when I'm, this was before I was a teacher. Um, there would be times when um, I'd be stuck in traffic at nine o'clock at night and I just, mm. I wouldn't want to be in that situation and have nothing left in the charge and there's not a charging station nearby. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm saying it now as if I had really been analytical back then. <laughs> it was... It was more just a kind of a quick consideration, not to right, such, right, not to really get me pull the, to pull the trigger. Now, yeah. working closer to where I live, the electric vehicle just made a ton of sense to the point right. where I right away I'm not going to buy anything. But right, I, I looked yeah. very quickly at some plug-in hybrids. Those are getting hard to find now. Plug-in hybrids. Yeah, yeah. So I even lots of people are buying those. <laughs> the plug-in hybrids. Yeah. Oh yeah, lots of people are buying well, but those. Manufacturers so. aren't making so many of them anymore. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have the choices anymore. The the Ford C Match Energy is the plug-in version of it. I even briefly looked at the pre-owned market for a second one of those, so we would have two C Maxes, mm. um, which is great for transportation. But um, you know, life is about more than that. To be to be fair, <laughs> right. we have a, a Chevy uh, quad cab fifteen hundred pickup in reserve. So wow. okay. having an electric vehicle, having the hybrid as our daily drivers, and then having that Chevy in case, you know, whatever, it's it's a little bit confidence inspiring to know that, hey, man, if uh, Gizmo's got 213,000 miles, if something goes on with the electric car, we've got transportation. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. A Good nice backup plan. No, we don't drive. Uh, I, had to, <laughs> I had to take it out to... Del Rio just about two weeks ago uh, we have a little lake house out there and some trees fell on the roof and I went out there just to change them off and inspect the damage it was $90 in gas round trip just to go out there spend two hours chainsawing up some limbs that fell and drive back and I'm just wow $90 no we're not, we're not right. driving <laughs> wow. yeah, 
that's, that, that's like triple the amount that I pay a month <laughs> for electricity. <Yeah. laughs> you know, it's not, it's, it's not, you know, we, we are very comfortable financially, so it's not that $90 is problematic for us. It's, it's yeah. the idea of it. Yeah. Yes. That I'm going to, you know, the, the country's kind of in a bit of a recession right now and oil companies are making record profits. And I just don't want to pour more into that. Right. You know, I can yeah. choose not to. You know, that's that's kind of a, a nice segue into a quick little story I tell you about. I'll tell you about how I became green myself. Yeah, uh, that's perfect. For most of my adult life, I've been a pretty diligent recycler. Like there's multiple receptacles for the plastic and the aluminum in the trash. Um, you know, cleaning up after myself, picking up after myself, making sure that what I can do, I do do. Um, I got into scuba diving and did a lot of diving around Catalina Island, which is off the coast of Southern California. Great place to dive. The bulk of my diving was done on what we call the front side of Catalina Island, which is very heavily trafficked by boats. Mm -hmm. Lots and lots and lots of boats, lots of divers, lots of fishermen, lots of everything. And it's and it's great and it's amazing. That's a great place to dive. But uh, then one day we were in a we went around the backside of Catalina Island and dove the backside where nobody goes. And I, I remember getting down there, and it just blew my mind what what things look like when man wasn't there. Mm. We dove some locations that maybe nobody has ever done, or it's so rare there's zero evidence. You know, boats drag anchors which tear up reefs and and underwater vegetation, which is habitat and what have you. And you can just tell. Uh, I've brought up quite a bit of trash from scuba diving. In fact, I've got some really, really old like beer bottles and what have you that are all barnacled up that make nice little display things. But um, man, the evidence of man, you don't, you don't realize how much, of, how much of it there is until you get to a place where man hasn't been. Right. And after diving the backside of Catalina Island, it just made me realize, wow, it's, you know, it's just all so fragile. And in a very short amount of time, scuba diving hasn't really been a thing that long. Boats and recreational boating hasn't really been a thing that long. Um, there's no more going after abalone or doing many of the sporting things that divers do because it's just all been taken you know, man has come and stripped it all away. So uh, just made me realize, you know, kind of how fragile things are. I don't like the idea of being fanatical. <laughs> my, my daughter's vegan to a fanatical sense. She has been for <laughs> years. I tease her about it. So is Brandon, I, that's okay. <laughs> well, I, I'm vegan, but I do it more for my personal health than anything. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, the environmental impacts just a, a side benefit <laughs> she, she does that too but if if you saw her reading labels and what have you there's more to it than it's the health I, I, trust me we i i just bought cookies so like i mean <laughs> oh, yeah. yes because they're they're so fake they're vegan they're synthetic That's not oreos are like yeah. the official vegan cookie but yeah exactly yeah. Go, oh dad there's bone meal in this sorry you know okay um yeah. so i i don't I don't imagine I'll ever be fanatical about it, but, but I do want to be very aware of what I can do. Right. What, mm -hmm. what can I easily do? And the reality is there's a lot. If, if we all just do what we can easily do, 
man, can we make a huge difference. If, right. if people just stop being inconsiderate, just, just don't be a, an a-hole, <laughs> we can make <laughs> yeah. a difference. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, my many years on this earth taught me a-holes are going to be a-holes, you know, there's not much you can do about it. So most of the rest of us, it's kind of on us to do it. So if the responsible people are willing to do what they can, it really can make a big difference. So yeah. Yeah. that's that's my scuba diving story and how it really gave me some awareness. This would have been in my late 20s, early 30s when I, I kind of made that switch. I'm, I'm in my early 50s now. So um, yeah. that's, well, that's awesome. just little by little over time. You know. Right. Have you yeah. have you been back to go scuba diving to see any other impact recently or? So uh, I moved to Texas just a year ago. It hasn't been that oh, long. Okay. Ago. So it hasn't been that long ago since I've been. Um, but yeah, I'll I mean, I'll I'll be back there and I'll do that and kind of continue to keep an eye on that. Diving the yeah. back of the Catalina Island is a big undertaking. You either have to have your own boat or pay a lot of money to to charter a boat to go to the backside. Mm, Going gotcha. around the island, it just takes a lot of time, burns a lot of fuel, and most divers aren't they they're not going to spend that resources to do it when it's much more affordable to just dive the front side and it's amazing and it's fun. So you either have to kind of put the cost of the boat yourself or on your own, get together a group of divers and go charter a boat. It's just a mm. lot of work to do that. Gotcha. Okay. I've lived all that over the sense. world. My, my favorite dive site on earth is on the backside of Catalina Island. It's called Farnsworth Banks and it's amazing. It is absolutely wow. amazing. Rare to go there. It's um, very, very deep water that comes up. So it's cold, crystal clear water that comes up and purple hydro coral grows there and it's one of the few places on earth that that happens and you get down there and it's just mind-blowing but it's deep wow. it's, 100, it's a hundred plus foot dive and it's <laughs> a lot of people wow. it's, an, it's on the open ocean side of catalina island so you got to get there where conditions are ideal i've i've, right. I've only done it two different occasions mm. and not blowing not not an easy trip to do you got to be dedicated to want to go do that so right yeah oh, that's gotcha. impressive yeah, you know, um, Andrew, I just want to uh, comment on something that you mentioned regarding like doing like one thing to improve other aspects and how, like you mentioned, a holes are going to be a holes, but it's the <laughs> considerate people who are going to move things forward. There's um, there's a documentary. I'm not sure if you heard of it. It's called Racing Extinction. Um, it was on Discovery Channel, I think, back in 2015 or 2016. But there, the main thing about it, it was all about climate change and how like humans have an impact on that. But they always said start with one thing. Do one thing, and if it's what you're passionate about, keep doing that one thing because that's what's going to have the most impact. So yeah. I that's that's what changed my life was that documentary was starting with one thing. So when you said that, I relate to that so much. That's pretty There's much all you can thing. do is start with one thing. Change doesn't happen because one person does a million things. It happens yeah. because a million people do one thing. Right. So yeah. I agree. Now, in the interest of this podcast and what I hope to accomplish is um, I'm trying to talk to – people that maybe are a little ball humbug and say, Hey, look, guys, you can do this. Not, not, not only is it not hard. It's it flip that it's absolutely enjoyable in every, you do it because it's fun and a great thing to do Buy an electric vehicle for all the, the benefits, not just to be green. Now that's right. just a, a, a kind of a, a happy benefit in my mind that goes along with it. Probably 10 yeah. years ago, driving an electric vehicle or 20 years ago, a hybrid was something that you did 
to be green and to go out of your way to be a responsible person. And I applaud those that did it. They were the, the trail breakers. They were the ones, the, the, the people that made it happen for the rest of us. But in today's world, owning an EV is a fun, fun, uh, economically advantageous thing to do. It's, yeah. uh, it is such a thrill. Do it for all those reasons. And oh, by the way, you're doing a great thing too. You're reducing the carbon footprint. Uh, I, I like to read and research. I, I try and teach my kids in school to ask why. Don't don't take things at face value. Go research yourself. There's a lot of talk about, well, building batteries is polluting and cobalt is bad and lithium is horrible and what have you. What people don't understand is in the early stages of it, yes. But as it becomes more and more mainstream, it's done properly. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, you'll never convince me that oil is a cleaner long-term solution no matter how <laughs> right no matter how clean gasoline engines get it's yeah. just if if we continue to bring electric vehicles more and more into the mainstream then these issues they'll get worked out along the way right uh, it, it's always more expensive and more difficult to install a technology now at the consumer side i don't believe that's a case anymore it's it's still um a fight for the manufacturers, but on our end, we just get to enjoy the product. You know, right. yep. uh, yeah. if, if I hear someone say, well, what about all the shipping of batteries and the cobalt and the lithium and what have you? It's a tough conversation to say, Hey man, you got to look at the bigger picture and you got to be able to look 10 or 15 years down the road and yeah. look at the infrastructure change to appreciate that. So, right. Yeah. Let me sit down and do some math with you. We'll use <laughs> right. right. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll leave you and Alex to that. <laughs> the math right. goes right over my head. <laughs> so, speaking of infrastructure installations, do you want to talk to us about your your charger? Yeah. So you can probably see it in the background here. Um, I have I have a friend, a good friend, that is uh, an electrician. So taking on the job, I felt a little easier about it because I knew, hey, if I really get in bad in this, I've got a buddy that can help me. <laughs> right. Um, I got, when I, when I bought the, the charger from Ford, I, I bought the Ford one because I just, I like how all the apps integrated so nicely. The charger, the car, and the Ford Pass app. You don't even need a car key. You know, your, your, your phone is your car key. Just yep. everything all in one. So I went with a Ford. It was a little more expensive. And then I got a quote of $1,250 to install it. And wow. once again, it's not that $1,250 is a big issue. It's just that bringing myself to pay someone to do that. Right. <laughs> it's, it's under an hour's work. Yeah. If you, if you are like me and you want to be a little slow and meticulous and double and triple check and what have you, I think I spent about two and a half hours total doing it. Wow. That's just, and that's not constantly working. That's okay. Let me go take a break and come back. And I'm happy with this and come back. Um, I did have to wire it into the circuit breaker box that you can see there. Right. And um, of, of note to that, it's really easy to do. Watch the video on installing the NEMA 1450 outlet because the the charger from Ford wires into the power box exactly the same way. The mm. 220 amp, I'm sorry, the uh, 220 volt uh, 60 amp breaker snaps in. There's no right. tool to snap that in. And then the wires, they have jam nuts. So you strip the wire back and you screw those in there with a, with a flat tip screwdriver and tighten the jam nut and you're done in there. Um, 
the video shows you pretty much every step of it. The instructions that Ford sent with the unit itself had color pictures on where every wire goes. So wow. if, yeah, maybe if you're colorblind, you might need to get some, <laughs> which one of these is red, which one's blue. Um, I, I didn't want to see any wires, so I didn't want any external conduit. I just like installations to look clean and smooth and like it was, you know, so I went in through the side of my breaker box, which presents a tiny bit more of a challenge, but there's YouTube videos on that. You have to drill a small hole through a stud mm. to put the wire through there and go through a side knockout to get into the breaker box and then put a bushing in there to prevent wire chafing. If you gotcha. go off the bottom, it's a little bit easier job to do, but then you will see conduit. You'll, you'll, mm. you'll go to Home Depot and buy the tubing, the conduit, and you'll see a little bit of conduit there. Right. So, um, that's personal preference. If you're going to do it with conduit, I think it's an even easier job to do. Yeah. yeah now, if you're sure. going a long way with your wiring, it's more conduit, it's more time, but it's not anything more difficult. I wouldn't be afraid to install that charger on the opposite side of my garage. If I was doing that, I would do it with conduit. Yeah. Um, the one thing I will say is you, you need to check with uh, build on your home and check the dates of it and check your power box. You need a 200 amp power box and power supply to do right. it. Right. Yeah. Um, you want to kill the power to the whole house. Um, just be prepared to do that. So get everything in the house in such a place that you can do that. I, I got everything ready so that when I was ready to kill the power to the house, it was just plugging in wires, tightening and turning it back on. So power was off yeah. 10 minutes. I think I had to kill power twice to do it. Right. So, um, well, that's not bad. No, not bad at all. If I if I went to go do this job again, there's no doubt in my mind, even going through the side, which is a little trickier, I could do it in under an hour. Nice. Uh, you don't need a ton of tools, a drill, flat tip screwdriver, some wire strippers. I mean, if you if you didn't own the tools, you could probably buy all the tools you need at Harbor <laughs> for 50 bucks. Yeah, yeah, less than paying yeah. somebody. Yeah, so. <laughs> Much less. By the unit, you know, you might spend fifty dollars in materials for wire and conduit and stuff like that. Maybe a little more if you're running it further, and then just willingness and YouTube. You know, um, in my early early life, right after I got out of the army, I wanted to be a auto mechanic, and I went to a top automotive school and actually worked into the industry for a while. Oh, okay. Um, I know my way around cars really really well. That said. I always watch the YouTube video. Always. God bless YouTube. There's always somebody out there <laughs> who's done that water pump on that one car, and they know that this bolt is easiest to access through the fender well, and it's an eight millimeter <laughs> socket. And if you put right. a 12 inch extension in a wobbly, that's a time saver. I mean, working it saves on all the, the troubleshooting for sure. It does. Well, yeah. and just the, not so much the troubleshooting is the figuring it out. Yeah, it, yeah. I need to get that bolt out. It's not easy access. How should I do that? Well, let me try this. Let me try this. Let me try this. YouTube gets you right there. Uh, AutoZone's got a rental tool program. It's, it's not even really rent a tool. You put a deposit down, you use the tool, you bring it back. So if you don't have some special tool, AutoZone's got your back. I think the world we live in today with, with guys like you that make YouTube videos, God bless you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if, if you know how to watch a YouTube video, you're a little bit handy with tools. You can use a screwdriver, some wire strippers. You got it. 
you can do it. Yeah. You know, don't be afraid. And what's the worst that can happen? Then you go pay the electrician $1,250. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. I always recommend shopping for quotes because I almost got stuck in that. And then we ended up paying someone $300 to do ours. Did you do your but, stuff also? Uh, no, 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 no. Th- this was before I knew Alex, who has the electrical engineer <laughs> background. But like me, no, I, <laughs> I'm sure I can learn how to do that. But like... Yeah, I was I was wrapping up a new job interview at the time when we got our charger installed, so it would have been too much for me to learn at the time. But I know it's not as hard as people think it is. Right. <laughs> so yeah. this is something your listeners need to hear. You have to school many electricians. I opened my circuit breaker box, and there's a sticker in there for the electric company that installed that box. This, this house is it's a new home. So I thought, you know, let me just call them up. I mean, it's, that's their electrical box. They are yeah. the people who wired this house. $5,000. I'm like, yeah, I don't think you're quoting that right. She's a little <laughs> snotty on the phone. And I said, I'm not looking for a, like a three-phase level three charger here. I'm not looking yeah. for a supercharger here. I don't, I don't think you quite understand this. I, I had probably a 20-minute phone call with her, and I had to walk her through what I needed to have done before she understood it to get the $1,250 quote yeah. because they were just kind of firing out there. And, and I get that if, if you have no clue and someone goes, Oh yeah, the charger is going to be a thousand bucks and it's going to be $5,000 to install it. So six grand, of course, that's going to be very heavy on your decision to buy an electric vehicle. Guys, that's not right. true. Yeah. If, if you're calling electric companies and they're giving you those astronomical quotes you need to do a little bit of research uh, because probably that's not the case. And, yeah. and the person you're calling has no clue. Right. Uh, they don't understand the three levels of a charger. They don't <laughs> yeah. putting in. They don't get that. Now I get that there are some houses that have wacky old electrical systems. In that case, it may be a big deal. And if that's right. you, I'm sorry, um, maybe you want to look at alternate ways, or maybe it's worth investing. Right. So, yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't expect to pay more than a thousand or fifteen hundred bucks to have an electrician to do it. Even that seems really, really, really. Strange. Yeah, that's if you got like a hundred foot run to get to your charger or something ridiculous. Yeah, so. exactly. So uh, one other thing I'll add in is uh, the city I live in offers non-peak hour kilowatt pricing. So oh, nice! I set my smart charger to come on at ten p.m. during the week, and during weeknights, and any time during the weekends, and that's kind of nice. So you just plug it in, go to bed, forget about it come up the next morning, it's charged to 80%, unless we decide we're going on a trip and then open that app, hit that button, and it goes to 100. It's pretty nice. Right on. So, That's awesome. I don't know that we've had it long enough to where I can give you uh, a good testimonial on what it's done to our electric bill, but just my knowledge of how kilowatt billing works, I don't expect to see the kind of difference that drops your job. You know? <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Probably hot tub is going to cost more than fair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Andrew, we're, we're actually coming up on time. So I wanted to wrap up our conversation Um, before we always like to just do like a quick recap. Um, If our listeners want to like find you on Twitter or like, like social platforms or anything like that, do you want to give a shout out where they could find you? Yeah, sure. My Twitter handle is at Android Barrow, Android, like the robot B A R R O W. My mom used to call me that when I was a kid, Andrew, Andrew. <laughs> I love it. So, 
handle. Uh, that would be the the best place to reach me is through Twitter. Uh, I don't really use Facebook or any of those guys. Um, started using Twitter just because I feel like it's the only place where you can get both sides of the story now and get immediate yep. news. That's so fair. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> on, my, on my Twitter followers, I intentionally follow evenly each side so that I can average them and get the truth of the middle. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right. That's my perfect. Twitter feed is just laughable because it'll be just like a tug of war as you just <laughs> so, at fun. Android Barrow. Awesome. Perfect. Oh, uh, the Tesla electrician I met is going to come speak to my students in my classroom. I'm pretty excited. Oh, about it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, ran into him out one day and uh, he had on a little Tesla shirt and started chatting with him. He's on their solar side, home solar side, but still. Oh, cool. Uh, I'm excited to get him into my classroom. Um, I, I forget which one of you is the engineer. I'm sorry. That's me. Yep. <laughs> uh, if you ever find yourself in Texas, actually, either one of you, if you find yourself in Texas, I'd love to have you come uh, speak to my students in my classroom. That oh, yeah. Be, that'd be a lot of fun. So for sure. There's a big push in education to get first sources in there. So come in and talk to the students. You know, I'm an yeah. old guy. And those high school kids, I think, sometimes get sick of hearing an old guy <laughs> preaching at them. So having some youngsters come in there and say, hey, here's the world today, the world you live in, here's what you're going Right. Uh, you, yeah. you, you could make a big difference with these young Texans and their F-350s. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice. Well, yeah, I mean, if we can, if we can do that, I know Electrify Expo, I think, is in Austin in November. Um, oh. And there's a, there's a chance that I'll be there for, for my job. So if, if that's the case, I'll reach out to you and see if we can line something Austin up. Austin is a short drive, and we have a beautiful guest bedroom. And you have <laughs> oh, so, perfect. perfect. Kids are all perfect. out of the house. So um, it's set up. In fact, I've got friends from California flying out at the end of the week. So oh, nice. if, you want, a, if awesome. you want a place to crash, and I, I cook a mean steak. So. <laughs> yeah, oh, sweet. Yeah. Well, oh, you're vegan. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have just, just, tofu for my daughter. Uh, just, I don't just give know me a box of Oreos. <laughs> She's always complimentary because you know, Dad tried. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I pre- I appreciate the hospitality, regardless. So, <laughs> no. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for being on Living Electric. We appreciate it. Yeah, Thanks definitely. for having me, guys. You know how to get a hold of me if you need me again. Appreciate. Sounds it. Sounds good. Thanks so much. All right. Have Thanks, a good night. Andrew. You too. You too.